Welcome to the Hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation. My mom's the same way, extreme Catholic. And at this point, my mom's like, why do you keep checking the mail? You know, like, what do you, what do you have? What are you waiting for? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Just, I'm just looking. So I go Friday. Nothing. And so we had like a, a little vacation home thing in Sun River, Oregon. That was the worst trip because oh, you yeah. knew, I knew the entire time that- It's like a is, time bomb. As yes. soon as you pull in the driveway. <laughs> as soon as we get home, it, that's it. Like there's the <laughs> happiness. That's all gone. Welcome back. It's Jordan and Zach. And today we are joined by Stephen Card. Stephen, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Me and Steven are, are connecting. We, we've never met before this, but Steven married a good friend from high school, Caitlin, and uh, she's going to come on. We've got her scheduled to come She'll on. She'll be here one of these days, I'm so, sure. So we've got husband, wife, missionary couple. Power couple. Power, yeah, my, word, my words, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Anyways, um, let's, Steven, tell us about your life. One, we always send out a questionnaire and people fill it out and helps us kind of understand what we need to talk about. And, um, you, you didn't grow up LDS. Right. Yeah. So I'm one of those, uh, converts that was just kind of joined the church right at the right time of my life. Honestly, I know a lot of people kind of join, you know, maybe just earlier or whenever. Um, for me, it was just perfect timing because I kind of joined right when I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. It was right at the end of high school. Wasn't sure what I was going to be doing next. Um, but yeah, joined right when I was 18 and then a couple, well, probably about a year and a half later, that's when I left for, for Spain. So there we go. Now my mic's oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, let's talk about it for a second. Yeah. Uh, did you be, get to know the church through friends or? Yeah. So it was just, uh, yeah, through friends. I was, uh, had some friends growing up from elementary school, even, uh, this is in Oregon, in Oregon. Yep. Okay. Good old Medford shout out Medford, Oregon. Um, didn't, didn't even know that they were LDS at the time. It was one of those things where you just kind of see their example, right? And you can kind of tell that they are different in weird ways, but also good ways, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you, so, you know, you become friends with them throughout the years. And What and were everything. some of the weird ways? Oh, man. <laughs> weird ways. Just <laughs> like just peanut butter sandwiches. Dude, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing. Funeral <laughs> potatoes. Yeah. Oh, oh, there yeah. you yeah. go. Jello. A lot of <laughs> jello. Everyone had a trampoline. You know? Okay. I is, was legit. Is that gonna, LDS no, no. I legit <laughs> was gonna bring that up because I have a friend in Texas who texts him and he, he goes, "What's with Mormons and trampolines?" It's a thing, really. <laughs> yeah, like you gotta, and like, dude. I told him I it know. was part of our religion. <laughs> <laughs> We're jumping to heaven, <laughs> yeah. right? And he's like. Are you serious? I'm like, no, dude. Like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Culturally, like, we're pretty unique, but it's right. nice to see it through your eyes. Yes, that's funny. I've I'm never heard yeah, that. Keep, keep, keep telling us. I've how never we, heard that. How are LDS come out of anybody unique. else's mouth? Everyone's, uh, you know, obviously very friendly, almost too friendly. It yeah. can be suspicious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, a lot of it is just you kind of see some similarities, right? You, like you see the trampolines in everyone's backyards. <laughs> you see the the blue whale pools. Oh um, in the back, everyone's got nice decks. I'm just thinking back on the <laughs> the families that I, on my very first ward when I was getting baptized, when I was converting. Um, yeah, all of them the same. It's like cookie cutter houses. That's funny. But I mean, great people. If they're yeah. listening to this, they'll be laughing too because they know it's true. But um, <laughs> trampolines. Oh, that's a good one. Trampolines. That's the big one. So you went to, you had known the, the group of yeah. kids that kind of influenced you. Yeah. So it was kind of like, um, 
just elementary school, middle school. We were just friends. They weren't, they didn't try and convert me. They didn't try and do anything. It was just kind of friendly. Then when I was in high school, um, I kind of became closer to a certain group of friends and they, we'll have to get them on here. Maybe we'll have to ask them on like, sure. what was the reason they decided to finally take the edge? Cause actually I still don't know thinking about it out loud. I don't know if I've even asked myself like, why then? Mm-hmm. Um, but just one Christmas they were like, we're just going to get Stephen a book of Mormon. We don't know. I don't know what their thought process was, but um, cool. I was a senior. So, you know, we were already 12 years um, education, almost at the end. And they were like, we're just going to throw this guy a book of Mormon. So they gave me a book of Mormon for Christmas, wrote their testimonies in it. And then nothing really happened. So it's not like it was a, a miracle where I read it and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally going to convert. It was more of a, got the book, didn't know what they wanted me to do with it just kind of was like, Oh, this is nice. I knew that they were Mormon. Mm-hmm. And then I just was like, Oh, all right, let me put that aside. And then didn't really go back to it. But then they kind of just kept, they were very, um, diligent. They then like that following January, then invited me to go to church. And it was one of those things where it was, well, I'm not doing anything else on Sundays, you know, NFL mm-hmm. football is wrapping up. There's not really much else to do on Sundays. So I'm like, there's I'll no go. team in Oregon. There's no <laughs> team in Oregon in the first place. So, um, you know, I thought of it definitely more as a social thing for sure. And so, um, went on Sundays just to hang out be social. And then I actually went for a good couple of months, like just because I was like, eh, it's something to do. It's kind of fun. It was pretty social. And before they even asked me anything about like, let's do missionary discussions. Yeah. So it was months before that even got brought up. But I think in hindsight, that was actually a great thing because it made me comfortable. I didn't think that they were doing it just to just to baptize me or just to do anything. For sure. like that. Number I wasn't a number. Yeah. Um, what, what did your, what did your parents? That, that was, that was, yeah, a did you, did you thing. grow up religious or going to church? Much it was or? one. So my mom's from the Philippines. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'm sure if you've been to the Philippines, I know you guys have had people. My, who my wife's the, half Philippine. Her okay. dad's from the Philippines. So yeah. they are the nicest people in the world, the yes. most giving, but also if they're Catholic, they are yes. extreme yeah. Catholic. Yeah. 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 My mom is the same way. Extreme Catholic who never goes to church. You know, she, she says she's Catholic and, and she is, I mean, I believe her, but you know, you never, not even the Easter Christmas yeah. Catholic, not <laughs> even that, like yeah. just never goes to church, <laughs> yeah. but 100% Catholic. Yeah. And my dad, he, his parents were religious ish, but they never really went to church either. So it was more of a, I remember when I decided, and this could be a whole nother podcast about just that whole conversion story, but to well, cut yeah, it, we want to hear it. The whole thing? Yeah. Let's <laughs> start it. Um, well, I just remember though, you know, they they invited me to do the missionary discussions. Um, and at first I was like, oh yeah, I've got, why not? You know, it's still kind of fun learning a lot. And so I, I was like, sure, let's do it. Uh, I remember coming home and telling my mom, I was like, hey, I think some missionaries are going to come over. They want to, they want to do some lessons or I don't even think I used the word lessons. I think I just said they want to visit, or- visit and talk instantly. Just red face, like absolutely not. They are not coming over. We are Catholic. We are Catholic. And she didn't even say we are Catholic because she knew that like the family wasn't Catholic. It was just her, mm-hmm. but she didn't want them in the house. And so, um, I had to go to my buddy Jordan's house. It's his birthday today. Shout out to Jordan. <laughs> great um, name. Yeah. <laughs> Must be a handsome guy. Yeah. Great guy. Doctor. Dang. Yeah, yeah. He's good. Um, uh, but anyway, so he, he invited up, um, me to go to his house. And so looking back on it now at, at the time, it wasn't weird. 
and I guess it still isn't weird, but it's just funny being missionary. You look back on those moments and it was not just, okay, let's have Stephen come over and teach him some lessons. It was, let's have Stephen over the whole group of friends, maybe the ward mission leader, a couple people from the ward. Obviously Jordan's going to be there. Jordan's parents are going to be there. His siblings are going to be there. So instead of just like a two or three or four person, it was like a, let's have a yeah, nine crowd. person, 10 person lesson with Stephen, which was fine. I mean, they were all my friends. And so it was, yeah. it was cool. But we did that. My parents, and when I say my parents, my mom, you know, was pretty against it. So she, it turned into a, you're not going to do that anymore. But I was like, okay, well, you know, I just kind of, I was very anti um, conflict. And so I said, okay, I'll just, I'll, I'm just going to go over there and do homework instead then. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> so I, that was the thing I told the, I told the elders, we can't meet Monday through Friday because you know, it's just going to be hectic with my parents and I've got homework and my parents aren't going to let you come over. So we have to do it on the weekend and we probably will just do it after church on Sunday. So that's what we did. They can only teach me one day a week. And I always just had to tell my mom that I'm just going to go over there on Sunday and do homework, which, you know, in hindsight, I don't think she was dumb because after she told me I couldn't go anymore and I told her suddenly switched and I said, oh, okay, well, I'm not going for missionary discussions. I'm going to do homework. Right. She's not dumb. Yeah. But she, I think, just kind of let it go at that point. But I was, th I think she was hoping that it just was going to kind of float fizzle. away, fizzle. But then I remember, I don't remember how long, but you know, one lesson a week, it takes a couple months at least to, to kind of get through all the lessons. And I remember then um, they were like, let's get you baptized. And I was like, well, I've already been baptized. You know, my, my mom uh, had me baptized when I was a baby, but you know, they had explained the missionary discussions enough to, you know, about authority, preset authority and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, well that makes sense. <laughs> See, that was the thing looking back on it. This whole thing, it was never like I had a crazy burning bush moment, you know, where it's like I heard a voice or anything. To me, it was just, it just makes sense. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to roll with it. It makes sense what you're saying. It feels good. Yes. And I don't think I recognize that as the spirit. It was just more of like, yeah, this makes sense what you're saying. It rolls. So let's, let's go. And then I told my parents, cause I, I think, I think actually I was already past 18. I was already over 18, but you know, just to be like a good kid. I sure. was like, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up with my parents. And I remember talking to my dad and he said, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, if you want to do it, you just, you go for it, but really you're going to have to talk to your mother. I'm like, all right, here we go. And I can still picture it to this day. She was putting away groceries. She had just gotten home. She was probably in a great mood. And <laughs> she's humming. Yeah, she's humming. <laughs> yeah. You know? The birds are stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I remember sitting on the kitchen stool right there and I was just like, hey, mom, what do you think if uh, I got baptized? Instant, instant, just anger. Like, oh, I, I don't remember the words that were said, but I can remember the feeling and it was intense. And I just went straight <laughs> to my room and it was just... There were probably tears from both sides. It was just a very contentious thing. Um, but I was like, okay, well, I'm already 18, so I'm going to do it. I was, I was just asking for your blessing. I didn't say that that day, but like as it got brought up over the next few days, I was um, kind of bringing that up. And eventually we got to the point where it was like, she's just like, all right, just you go for it, I guess. And so I went, I got baptized. She didn't come. My dad did. That was really cool. He kind of sat in the back, but I think just to show support, you That's know, cool. so he, that is cool. he showed up. Uh, my mom didn't. And I, I mean, it was kind of heartbreaking, but at the same time, I, I understood she was, That's she was a good, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't hold it against her. Obviously I'd want her to be there, but it's, it's fine. Um, and then I, that was right before, right at the end of my senior year of, of high school. 
And so then after that, I hung out at home all summer and that was fine. Things kind of were weird. She knew that I was going to be gone. This is back when church was three hours when, you know, I was going to be gone for three hours every Sunday. So she kind of just, it was just part of life. And then I went to, went to college and then decided to serve a mission. And that's a whole another story. <laughs> I was about to say, you're like, Oh, by the way, I'm leaving for yeah. two years. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, let, let's, well, let's. we always talk about the mission, opening the mission call. Yes. Right. And so I'm interested to hear like, what, what made you even want to go on a mission? Yeah. Like I, that's a huge, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it's not, <laughs> I almost feel bad even saying this, but it's not going to be because I was like, I just had this desire to serve the people and the missionaries. It's so much for me. I wanted to No, it was, it was honestly more, That's not even my reason. <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> honestly, it was, I think I was a freshman in college, right? And I was like a, I went to university of Oregon for my freshman year. And so it was a really good experience. I was like a straight A for the most part kid in high school. When I got to college, my first, I don't even know, quarter semester, whatever they do. Like I was getting A's and then winter came around. I was getting a little bit less, you know, B's and C's. And then I like got my first D like ever in the spring for some class. I don't even remember anymore. Point was I was my motivation. It was extremely dropping. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. It was kind of like one of those crisis moments. Um, and I had some friends, uh, I'll give another shout out here. Liz Hokinson. Shout out to her. Liz. Um, <laughs> but Liz, I remember we were always talking when she was saying that I should serve a mission. And a lot of people back in my home ward back in Medford, like they, even though I had just joined the church, I give them a lot of credit looking back on it now because it might be like, oh, he just joined the church. You know, let's just play it easy. Like, let's not bring it up. We don't want to scare him. But no, they were just, they treated me as if I'd been a member my whole life. They're like, so you know, Jordan and X and Y and Z, they're going on missions. Like, when are you, when are you going to go? And I was like, Oh, you know, I don't, I don't know, whatever. But they kind of planted it in my head. Like, yeah, you can go, like, you don't have to do anything. Like you're just as much of a, as someone that can go as like these other kids, you know, in our ward. So it was kind of like that. And then, so it was always planted in my head from the very beginning that I could go. And then once motivation started waning and I was like, well, I don't really know what I even want to do. A good break would be nice. And I was like, well, maybe I should just do, do a mission. And then that's kind of what started the, the ball rolling at least to, to go. Um, so I imagine you probably meet with like a YSA bishop or yeah. whoever and start the process. Started with my YSA bishop. Um, and then he communicated really well with my, my, Bishop back in Medford. And so there was a lot of communication. They helped me out because, you know, I hadn't even saved either. That was the other thing, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but my bishop told me an awesome thing and it was very encouraging. He said, you know, don't let money be the reason why you don't go on a mission. Yeah. And so if you want to go on a mission, but it's something to do with money, like we'll figure it out. The mm -hmm. ward will help you. The church can help you. Like, don't let that be the reason you don't go. For sure. And so I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. I do want to go after I decided. So I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's get the ball rolling. We started all the paperwork. And I remember that too. I, it was one of those things where you knew, I knew I was going to have to confront my parents about this. Yeah. Like, I was about to say, yeah, did you oh have your call? So they hadn't even known yet. At what, at what point did you involve them in the conversation? Uh, yeah. Did you start doing the paperwork before you even told them like, Oh, hey, 100%. Yeah. So 100% <laughs> conflict avoidance. Tell us about this moment of, Oh, I could tell you. Did you already have your call? <laughs> this? Yes. Oh, you oh, did? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Story. This is one of those moments, you know, there's like all the certain moments in your life that you never forget. This one, I can remember the feelings, exactly what the temperature was like, like the weather, <laughs> everything. That's right. Um, 
And so, yeah, I kind of had to do the paperwork behind their back. You know, you had to get all the medical, the dental and everything. luckily I was away in college. And so it was a little uh-huh. bit easier to navigate that. Um, but then I was like, okay, I guess we're going to submit the pay. I, in my head, I was a little naive. I think I don't really think I realized like that means when like, you submit it, like you're going, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't like a thing where it's like you submit it. Then it's not like I'll Amazon talk. prime. You're like, yeah, oh, I don't like it. I'll send it I'm back. I'm just going to cancel. <laughs> right. No, like I was going. And so I think it was a little bit of, I was just being naive too, but I submitted it. Um, and I don't know how the kids do it these days. I guess they get them all electronic, you know? Yeah. Right. But anyways, back. That's going to be devastating. <laughs> it's so cool to hold that physical it was. thing. And it's like a heart attack in your hand. You're like, and everyone oh. I remember is like trying to analyze it. Like, okay, how thick is it? Yes. I mean, I'm going yeah. international. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so I submitted everything and I was like, okay, it should be here whatever day it was. Like uh, maybe Thursday or whatever day. And so I was like, okay, at the mailbox, the the uh, mailman drove right by my bedroom window. I was back home at this point. So the mailman drives right by my mail, my bedroom window. So every morning or every afternoon, whatever it was, I was staring right there. Yeah. Check would, it for your parents. Yep, too. exactly. Cause they <laughs> check the mail. There's only one or two mail keys and they both have, they're both on my parents key ring, you know? Um, and so the mailman comes, I'm like, Oh, all right, this could be it. So I go into grab the key from my mom's purse. So I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna right back. I'm gonna go get check the mail. She's like, okay, nothing. So I'm like, okay, Thursday. So I go and check. I'm going to go check the mail. Nothing. Friday. I'm like, it has to be here because I'm going on a family trip like for the next couple of days. And at this point, my mom's like, why do you keep checking the mail? You know, like, what do you, what do you have? What are you waiting for? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Just, I'm just looking, you know, wanting to take a walk. <laughs> That's what adults I'm just do. looking, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like reading ads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bills. Bills. Yeah. Um, so I go Friday. Go and get the mail. Nothing. Oh my goodness. So I'm like, mine was late getting me too. Yeah. I was like, it's. And so we had like a, a little vacation home thing in Sun River, Oregon. If you guys have ever, it's over by Mount Bachelor, beautiful area. Yeah. You can look it up. It's. I was just in. Another ben, I was just in Bend. Hey, you don't have to convince us. We know Oregon's gorgeous. <laughs> I was just in Bend, beginning of the last month yeah. on the other side of Mount Bachelor. And so we uh, we had a place there, and so we were going to go there. Just I, I think just for the weekend or something. We were coming back Monday. I think it was Monday. Anyways. That was the worst trip because oh, you yeah. knew, I knew the entire time that the ticket time is, bomb. As yes. soon as you pull in the driveway, <laughs> as soon as we get home, it, that's it. Like there's the <laughs> happiness. That's all gone. Like, so you, you ever have that feeling like, you know, you did something wrong. So it's just, this sucks. You, they you fi- gotta, it out, you, you gotta, you just, you got the butterflies in your stomach. You know, it's just the day of reckonings coming. It was like that whole weekend. What did you like? What did you think was going to happen? I, I honestly don't know what I had my best case scenario, which was I'm going to tell them and everything's going to be great, you know? And cause I had, I already knew they were going to react pretty poorly just from the fact that I had kind of tested the waters a little, you know, I like kind of floated it out there. I'm like, Hey, uh, maybe, you know, mission, blah, blah, blah. And they said, well, no, 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 you don't want to do that. Even my dad who was okay about the baptism, he was pretty adamant though. Like don't do the mission thing. If you're going to do it, at least do it when you graduate, I think like that was, that was their biggest thing, right? Like graduate college first. And then I already knew I'm like, well, if I graduate college, I'm probably not going, let's just be honest. Like I'm going to be so focused on other things. Like I need to go now or never. And so we had that conversation and they were always like, no, 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 just don't do it. Like finish your college. So I already knew that it wasn't going to be good. And so I don't know what I was thinking, but I knew that it wasn't going to be good. (laughs) Um, I can imagine. So you pull in the driveway. So we go into the, you know, we're driving home. We pull into the driveway and I knew my, 
I think my mom and my brother were chilling in the back seat. They were sleeping. So it was just me and my dad riding shotgun. And it, I forgot how long of a drive it is, but that whole drive, I'm thinking, okay, just be a man up. You know, my mom's sleeping in the back. Maybe this is the way to do it. Just kind of bring it up now. Let them know easy. And I was like, okay, hey, dad. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Oh, really? So the entire car ride, it was just silence. <laughs> and so we pull into the driveway and, you know, we do the classic unloading the car. Everyone's pulling out their bags. My dad's unloading the ice chest. And I'm like, I'm going to go check the mail. And there it was. It was there. So now there's no denying it. And I also have to throw in now that I'm remembering this. My brother, who's only one year younger than me, uh, was going to U of O as well. And what I think made it even worse was he was going to live in the dorms. Um, and they wanted me to live with him. Like they wanted us to be roommates because they thought I was going back to U of O. Yeah. This is the, in August when I got my call. So like, you know, U of O's in September and like, they don't know that I haven't signed up for classes because I haven't. My brother has, <laughs> oh, he's signed up for classes. He's getting his roommate <laughs> assignment soon. They think oh, all of this stuff. And so we get the, we get the mail and, um, there's my brother's roommate assignment. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> who is it? <laughs> And I saw so I give, give it to him and it was this foreign Asian kid and uh, they were really, they were laughing really hard because they're like, oh, that's so funny. Like, haha, it was cool. And then they're like, Steven, what about you? What's your roommate assignment? And I was like, oh, actually. Oh my goodness. And so I go and talk to my dad. <laughs> actually, real quick, five seconds. Let me rewind. I, I remember I gave my brother his roommate assignment and he knew because me and my brother were talking. So he knew that I wasn't, he you know, we communicated. He knew I was going to go on a mission. It was kind of like a secret kept from the parents. And good so he, brother. and he's like, so are you, have you gotten it yet? And I was like, yeah, he's like, good luck. And he's like, I'm out of here. So he went to go hang out with a friend. Yes. He's a good friend, but he also peaced out. So, uh, um, and I just, own. I'm like, okay, I'm he has his limits. Okay? Yeah, he does. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just gonna take a shower. So I just remember that was like the longest shower of my life. Cause I'm like, we had already been delaying it, right? I'm like, okay, this weekend, this is the last time I'm gonna be happy. And then the shower, I'm <laughs> the like, this is be happy. this is the last time I'm gonna have a good shower in my life. Like, this is the last time before they know everything is the ultimate. Like, coming down the stairs, like touch the wall, like, yeah. I miss you. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember it was the longest shower of my life. I just was thinking, like, I, when I get out of here, there's no going around because I know my brother opened his his call, you know, if you will, and my parents had seen it. So I was avoiding him. I took a shower. When I got out of the shower, they were gonna ask. Well, where's yours? My mom, once again, at the grocery store, I guess that's just the theme. She was in her happy place, grocery store. So it was just me and my dad at home. And my dad, I'll never forget because he was okay with the baptism. But when it came to the mission, I remember I was like, hey, dad, remember when I talked about going on a mission? Well, I got a mission call today. And my dad, who is the gentle giant, he's like the nicest guy. But even he, he didn't explode or anything, but it was even worse than explosion. He just set down the cooler, closed his eyes and put his head down and was just, <sighs> I'm like, oh, the disappointment. The communication in that side. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I almost wish you would have just yelled. So had you, had you already opened it? I hadn't because oh, I was okay, like, okay. so I was like, I was kind of like, I want to open it. So this is also, you know, when you look back on it, that you realize a lot of things you could have done better. <laughs> One of the things I could have done better was I probably shouldn't have gone to the ward and been like, Hey guys, guess what? I got the mission call. So let's have a big party. Oh, <laughs> and so they were like, Oh, well, where are you going to go? At least can you at least tell us that? Oh, well, okay. So then my mom comes home and I tell her, honestly, nothing really noteworthy other than just, yeah. 
she goes ballistic and it's crazy. And so then after the tempers drop, okay, well, we're, can you at least tell us where you're going? You know, it's like, Oh, I actually haven't opened it yet. Cause we're going to have a big party at the church and open it there. You should come. And they're like, yeah, we're not going. They're to like, what the heck is happening to our job? I know. Seriously. <laughs> Planning all that's, this stuff. Yeah. That's going to be so tough. I had like, when I look, look, look back on it, I was at the time I was like, man, why don't they understand? But then, like, now you look back yeah, and I'm you're just like, 18, man, 19 year old kid. I was, you did it absolutely the worst way possible. Yeah. <laughs> do everything behind their back and then spring it on them the last second. And then when they ask, at least they're finally sh- starting to show some interest. Like, well, where are you going? Oh, I'm just going to open that with my other family. You know, yeah. essentially that's kind of how it read. Like, um, we opened it. It was Spain. Awesome. It was super fun. Actually, Liz, the, f- she was part of the family who, you know, really brought me in like my second, like church family, if you will, her dad has served in Spain. Nice. So that was kind of a cool connection. Um, but so everyone was really excited, you know, going to Spain. It was crazy. I didn't even really care where I was going. I just wanted to go somewhere. Um, but I remember then I coming home telling my parents, yeah, I'm going to Spain. And they're like, okay, well that, which I thought maybe would be better, but it was worse. The fact that my mom couldn't visit me, not that she was going to be able to, but you know, she couldn't visit me. She couldn't just call me every day. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you served the time before you weren't making a, a phone yeah, call. Dude, there were no phone calls. This was anything. just the P day stuff and it wasn't even phone calls. P days. It was like literally like, I'll just be emailing you. Yeah. So that so what was, years did you serve? Um, it was, I got my mission call August, 2010 okay. entered the MTC 20 December, 2010. So what is that? That's 2010 to 2011, gotcha. 2012, 2012. Uh-huh. Man, I yeah. can imagine, especially your parent again, that must have been just so foreign to them. Oh, you know, and then not only that to they to be like, like they're like losing a son or something. Well, oh, not like what do you mean you can't call yeah. me? What do you mean you yeah. you email me once right. a week? And like, that's what? The, that's the hardest part. It's like you finally can get them to somewhat understand what's happening, but then it's you like, hit them with another. Thing. Then you got them another <laughs> thing. It's, right. it's like, well, will you will you at least come home for Christmas? Like, no, it's like two years <laughs> continuous. Like I'm gone. And so it was, wow. And I even had a visa wait. So I had to go to the, um, oh, I'm spacing. It was in Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So that was cool. It was like a little mini mission. I was there for a month, you know, but they were like, they still didn't really get it. Like I'd already been in my mission for how many months and I was visa waiting. And they were like, I have an aunt who lives on the East coast. And they were like, oh, why don't we have Aunt Nancy come down and visit you? You know, I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen either. <laughs> so just like, like, like you said, is, every time you hit them with something, no you get them. A, yeah, there will be no visitors. <laughs> right. You will not be hearing from me six days a week. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. You had quite the quite a roller coaster just to even get out there. That's what I, yeah. And not only that, it sounds like you did have a lot of support, obviously from the ward and some friends, obviously I, yeah. I'm sure you had some good examples. They all went on their missions, right? Sure. But yeah, that must've been really yeah. Challenging. Was there ever a point, you know, let's say you're, when you get to the MTC and you're like finally getting ready to experience this mission or even going to Tuscaloosa where you, you kind of like, I don't know, like, <laughs> were you ever apprehensive or as soon as you got on that plane, you're like, this is it. I'm going that. Yeah. That was a big shock. I remember leaving that Medford airport and like thinking, well, there's, there's no going back now. Yeah, You know, um, it was really cool though. It, it I think maybe that would have been more of an apprehend, like a big shock. It was probably lessened a little bit because it was really cool. The missionary who taught me pretty much the whole time I was being taught, you know, with the lessons and everything. he lived in Utah at the time. And so he picked me up from the airport 
Oh, nice. And he, I hung out with him for, cause I think I got to Provo or, you know, Salt Lake, like the day I was supposed to enter the MTC. And so he picked me up. We went to his parents' house. We had like a little mini breakfast and then he dropped me off at the MTC, which probably was a you know cool experience for him. Yeah, totally. Uh, but that kind of e- eased it a little bit for me because I was like, here's another familiar face. Like, it's going to be okay. It's all cool. It wasn't just like, all right, see your parents at the airport and then that's it. It was like, at least I was picked up by someone at the airport, you know, kind of like, so, you know, you kind of get the drop off at the MTC. Everyone had their parents there and all, you know, all the the fun times with that. And I just, I didn't really have that, but I had the elder yeah. who had baptized me and everything. And so it was, it was cool. I didn't really have my parents there, obviously, but family in a different sense. So I still kind of had support going into it. But. So I'm just trying to think, cause I'm a, I'm a part member. My dad's not a member, but I still had aunts and uncles who have served. Um, so growing up, I had examples, right? Or I heard these stories of serving a mission, but you're, yeah. you're, you had just been baptized yeah, a year crazy. before. And I, I don't, did you even understand like in totality what a mission was? Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> so now you're standing at the MTC so and you see like, all these people like crying and hugging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I'll see heck? you in a long time. <laughs> oh my gosh. One of the first things I saw was, <laughs> and I feel bad because if this family is listening, I'm not making fun of you, I promise. But it was just, I'm dropped off. I don't know what I'm doing. I've only been a member at that point for a little over a year <laughs> and I'm looking over to the left and it's like a huge you know, LDS family. They're like, all right, everyone put 13 your hands passenger in. Van. Yeah, 13 <laughs> passenger van. They all put the hands in one, two, three. Hurrah for Israel. Oh, I'm like, man. oh man, is this what I'm doing? They bust out a trampoline <laughs> and throw the guy in the air. <laughs> he lands on the MTC trampoline. Yeah, I can see that 13 passenger van with like the, the stick family figures. Yes, like yeah. Yeah. 45 small kids small. and stuff like <laughs> that. You know what? And I'm sure I'm probably going to have a family motto too. So I'm, I'm going to be the ones that's going to be laughed at in the future. But it was just, I was like You're such culture like, shock. Going we need on. to sell Mormon trampolines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mormon brand. And that's the other thing too. It's like, it's one thing to just be culture shock with the church in Medford, Oregon. And then I'd never been to, you know, really the Holy land, the Mecca yeah, the or Mecca. even seeing the Salt Lake temple and or so going or the there, temple. right. Going there. And then now it's like, I mean, that's a different type. I mean, even people who have been members their whole life and never go to Utah for them the first time, I'm sure it's, yeah, you know, I've it's only a, been once. It's a shocking thing. So for me to go from Medford, Oregon, which was actually pretty, there's a lot of uh, LDS there, but still to go from that to, you know, yeah, the, the Holy land, it was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty shocking right there. Um, but yeah, the, the first few days at the MTC were, were crazy. You know, I luckily I had a really good mission com- or a MTC companion. Um, the MTC, I think is a branch presidents that are there. Uh-huh. Anyways, all the, the whole support system obviously is great. And the war did a really good job of making sure they kind of kept in touch with me, you know, sending me those That's dear, good. those dear elders and everything. Yeah. Um, so that was good because I definitely, I definitely needed that because, you know, you see, look to your left and right. And obviously not everyone is comes from the picture perfect LDS family, but yeah. You kind of feel like almost you're alone when you don't have that in the MTC because you do see so much sure. of it and everyone's getting the the care packages and the the, the aunts writing them and the five cousins and their three siblings and the mom <laughs> yeah, and, the dad. and yeah, I'm just yeah. like, well, my bishop wrote me and uh, <laughs> so I mean we t- obviously we've heard a lot of people talk about homesickness and in the MTC you know what did what did you call it the tears. In the shower, like crying in the shower. <laughs> in the shower, man. Was there any, was there ever a point for you where you felt that homesickness or again, had you just, were you all in? I, I almost think, I don't know if it was necessarily better or worse because I can't speak for other people, but for me, it was, it was actually pretty, 
big, like the homesickness, just because while I wasn't, I mean, I was homesick for my parents and my brother, like for sure. Like, I'm not trying to say I wasn't, but it was almost like since I was the only person in my family that was a member, I was relying so much on my ward and my, mm -hmm. and every, on my friends that were members that when I was taken away from them, I was like, man, now it really is just me. Like I can't rely on my parents yeah. and like my, my church members and stuff like they have their own life. So it's like, I mean, obviously they're going to reach out and support me, but you know, they're, I don't have them as a crutch as much as I used to when I was just hanging out in, in Medford. So yeah, I could imagine how challenging that because there would only be one way for you to realize that. And that would be by leaving. Right. And then all of a sudden you leave and you're like, Oh, I guess it's on, I'm on my own <laughs> right? now. Yeah. And I think it's the same. Your, your experience is unique and different, but I think we all kind of have the same thing for a missionary going out is at some point on your mission, you realize that you're alone, even when you're with a companion, right. even you know, you're, you're alone and you need help and you need support. And I think that's when prayer becomes, you know, a big, a big part of your life. Yeah. I remember that is probably, um, that is probably one of the best experiences that I had in the MTC. It was very powerful, like right away, you know, is just that, yeah, I was alone. You know, I really had no one besides my mission or my MTC companion who I'd known for 24 hours, you know? Um, and so prayer, I think that's the crazy part too. And I, I know I'm not even alone in this. I had just joined the church just 12, 14 months prior, but I know so many people, you know, really find their testimony. Like when they leave their mission, that's another thing too. It's like a lot of people don't want to go on a mission because they don't have a testimony or they don't have a strong enough testimony or whatever. But really I think that's the best place to almost get your testimony is like by just jumping in like that. Because when I, you know, I was taking the missionary discussions and they always tell you pray, you know, like, okay, we're going to leave you these chapters and I want you to pray afterwards. And I was like, okay, I'll try. And I really did. I wanted so bad to have like that Joseph Smith experience or a Moses burning bush. And I never got one that entire time I was taking those lessons. And I was like, is something wrong with me? Am I not praying hard enough? Um, and so I never got one of those, but in the MTC, man, the spirit is, is crazy in there. And I think that's probably where I got like one of my biggest, um, or just first experiences of like, truly the Lord does listen to you and answers prayers and can comfort you. And, and all of that stuff came at the MTC. It wasn't even beforehand. Like it, it, it took me to go to the MTC to like really experience that stuff for the first time. Yeah. You know? That's, that's quite a far way. And I think, again, I think that's like a. Ether 12.6, you receive no witness until after the trial of your faith. So like you've been doing all these, these yeah. steps and then you finally get this witness like right. this is the right step. And that that's hard too, especially for a lot of people. I mean, I had investigators like that on my mission. I have friends that were like this for like that who were with me taking missionary discussions because it wasn't just me. Our ward was great at like getting the referral game going, right? And so I was one of many people like that age group that were joining the church from friends and stuff. And a lot of s same thing. They just were wanting like that big testimony builder, like a big, um, just aha moment. Yeah. But really, I mean, it's for some, and I will, I will say this: some people did get that, you know, so it just is different for everybody. Yeah. Cause it's, it doesn't mean something's wrong with you though, because I didn't get that right away. And I don't know if I even could tell you that I have a re I'm telling you of like a great spiritual experience I had in the MTC, but I, even then I wouldn't call it an aha moment. It was still, it was powerful to me, but it wasn't like, it's a still small voice. Exactly. Like a very exactly. Peaceful. It wasn't like I 
heard of this booming voice in the shower, like you said, <laughs> or, or, you know, saw a light or anything. It, it was powerful, but still in small, like you're saying. And so that, and like, it's different for everybody, but that's how it was for me. And so that was a cool experience that I had in the MTC for sure. So you're leaving the MTC and you're getting on an airplane and going to Spain. What was the moment like when you set foot in Spain? And <clears throat> I mean, now not only are you teaching the gospel that you just, you know, the restored gospel that you've learned for maybe the last year or 14 months, but now you're doing it in another language. Oh my gosh. That it was hard enough in English. <laughs> like <laughs> in the MTC, I was, to, I mean, I was learning all over again, right? Like you, you, when you're doing, when you, when I was being taught by the member or by the missionaries, when I was a con or when I was, you know, in Medford, in Medford, yeah, they weren't teaching me like the stories. I mean, they kind of were, but it was really just t teaching me how to feel the spirit and teaching me how to, you know, that God exists and that Jesus Christ loves us. And they weren't teaching me about King Benjamin and King Noah. And, you know, yeah, these are all brand new stories right? to you. Like the Benyon family, shout out to the Benyons, a lot of shout outs. Uh, one of the greatest things they gave me before I left on my mission was a children's picture book, like the little comic book with all yeah. the book. That was invaluable to me because I didn't grow up in primary or young men or anything like that. So like as an 18, 19 year old going into the MTC, I was learning that King Noah was like a bad guy and not the same guy as the Ark, you know, like the great prophet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, just all of those things were brand new. So yeah, doing that in English was hard enough and then getting in Spain and then trying to do it in Spanish. Yeah. That took me, some people catch on earlier, obviously everyone's different, but for me, it, it was, wasn't even until like my second or third area until I was finally getting good enough where I was like, I can actually, you know, explain stuff without having to pause every five seconds. So that was, that's another challenge in and of itself is the, is the language, which Spanish is pretty easy compared to a lot of other mission languages. So I can't imagine what it would be like to go to, you know, speaking Mandarin or, or anything else, but Spanish was difficult enough for me. <laughs> so missions are great because there's so many things that you go out there and the Lord teaches you and you, you learn these principles that change your life forever. What, what are some of the maybe experiences that you've held on to or that have kind of shaped you? Yeah. Hmm. I know, um, one of the things that probably is just, and this is such a cliche, not, not a cliche, but it is said a lot, but it's just because it's the truth, you know, and that is that hard work really does produce results. And sometimes you don't even get to see those results right away. I know in a lot of my areas, um, let me see if I can remember the, the, the wise phrase that one of my branch presidents told me, and maybe this is actually common. So maybe people know this one, but he was always telling us, um, you may not be able to count the number of seeds or let me think of this. And he probably said this in Spanish. I imagine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so you're translating here too. He said, um, you can count the number of seeds that are in an apple, but you don't know how many apples come from a single seed. Mm. And so it's like, sometimes, yeah, you can count like how many baptisms you've had or how many lessons you've had, but just because you plant one single seed, you don't know like the good that comes from that. And you can even look at my own life, you know, I was introduced not to the church. Well, yeah, to the church just over like the first 18 years of my life, but technically only one person gets the credit for the baptism. Really? I mean, in the fact that only one person put me in the water, right. Or only one, or I guess two elders technically were the ones that got to write it down that they baptized me. But like, there were so many people who probably had such a good foundation, 
but they don't even know. They had a good trampoline. They had a good trampoline. Exactly. They let me over to their house (laughs) um, and they were just laying foundation for me, but they might, you know, that's just a seed, but they don't really know how much came from that. But um, that, and so that's, that comforts me a little too, especially in the beginning parts of my mission where it was a struggle for me to find um, any like tangible, um, tangible, just stuff that I've done, you know, like in terms of baptisms or lessons taught or anything like that. But then I, I think back on it and I try not to beat myself up too much. Cause I don't really know. Maybe there was a person that I did have a lesson with and it, it didn't click right away, but you know, five years later they met with another missionary and they're like, Oh yeah, I had that good experience from five years ago. And so you don't oh, really know. Absolutely. And so, yeah, absolutely. We have no idea. And it's funny. Some of the most spiritual lessons were with people that didn't progress, but you have no idea if they held on to that moment and they said, you know what? That was, exactly, I yeah. felt something there. I need to go back to it. Right. Um, and I was going to ask as you know, you're out, you're learning so much. Like you're, you're very unique in that. It, learning how to be a missionary is enough, but learning right. the restored gospel, <laughs> learning the language, learning how to be a missionary. You're just constantly learning. Were there any, any, uh, stories from the scriptures that kind of stuck out to you or you kind of identified with, or you really enjoyed? Honestly, I mean, I guess it is considered scripture, but just even the story of Joseph Smith, that entire story of not knowing like what in his case, which church was true, but in my case, just not knowing what I wanted to do after college. Right. Like I was kind of in this rut of like, man, I don't know what I want to do. I'm getting bad grades. I'm kind of losing motivation. What should I do? And looking at Joseph Smith, and this is even pre-mission, but looking at Joseph Smith and being like, yeah, like obviously the Lord is there to help us. You know, Joseph Smith had a question in his case, it was which church is true. But in my case, it's what do I want to do? And just kind of going in and being okay with asking the Lord, what should I do? And in his case, he was prompting me and guiding me and pushing me to go on a mission, looking back on it now. Um, but just that entire thing. And that's one thing that I feel like I always try and, um, hopefully do in my life is that, you know, if I'm not sure of what's something I want to do, you know, you can ask the Lord, he knows everything. Yeah. And so just kind of rely on him um, and and he'll guide you. And so that, and that was something too. I remember coming back. Someone asked me that once after I came home from my mission, he wanted to go out to lunch because he wasn't sure if he wanted to go on a mission. And I don't know why he wanted to come talk to me because we weren't even that close really, but he was like, I want to talk to you. And so we went out to lunch and he's like, I'm kind of struggling. I don't know if I want to go. And I'm like, I can't really tell you if you should or not. Like, that's not my place, but like you can, you know what you want to do like inside, right? You can talk to heavenly father and you can pray about it and he'll kind of guide you. And he ended up going, which was really cool. But I, I think the point of the story was like, you know, you just kind of have to pray and find those answers for yourself. And the, and the Lord will give you those answers. If you go to him, sincerely sincerely asking, um, and, and he'll help you. So awesome. Well, tell us who were, who were some of the people that had the biggest impact to you from impact on you from your mission? Oh man. Um, obviously companions, my mission president was great. Richard Clegg from Bountiful. Um, they, they were awesome. I mean, I, it's, it's hard to really describe their impact just because they not only, um, obviously guided us, president Clegg guided the mission and everything like that, but they were kind of like another set of parents. And I feel like every yeah. missionary thinks like that of their mission president. I hope so. I would hope so. And especially in my case, because I just, I was still learning. I feel like I was so fresh, you know, just coming off of, uh, being baptized 
towards the end of my mission, uh, I think by the time I got home, I had been a member. I'd been a missionary longer than I'd been like a normal member, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I'd been a member, I'd been a missionary for 24 months and I'd been a member for only like 14 or something. And so it's like, I only, at the end, I only knew how to be a missionary, but like at the beginning, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know anything. And so my companions all were great in like helping me because they just understanding like, yeah, this guy didn't maybe have the 20 years, 18 years of upbringing in the church. And so um, no one ever thought less of me for that. You know, everyone was always very helpful and in, in kind of dragging me along and helping me learn stories. Or if I slipped up because I wasn't sure like, Oh, which one's Alma, which one's Ammon, which one's Ammon. Like it was fine. I mean, we all were, were learning, you know? Um, so I, all my companions were great. And even the, the quote air quote difficult ones, you know, you learn so much from all your companions. Oh, yeah. And so, um, and then the, the people of Spain, I mean, talk about like a resilient group of people. You know, we were talking earlier, um, I think offline just about my mom or no online about my mom, you know, from the Philippines and she's Catholic. I mean, same thing with the Spaniards, hardcore Catholics. Um, but man, if you, if you did get to talk to one and get one to join the church, they were the, the best members. I mean, you can imagine how difficult it must be for them too, like on a family wise, like their family had been baptized in the same church for the last 500 years. Like you're literally walking on cobblestones That's in like, front of churches that have been there since like the 1500s for like crazy old Catholic churches, you know, and people have their entire roots there. And so to convince, not convince, like, you know, have this, well, convince them to let you in their home. So the spirit can work on them, obviously. Yeah. But you know, for you to convert someone like that, it, they have to give up a lot, you know? And so to see members do that, it's, it's humbling because you realize like I had to give up a little bit. I had to give up discomfort. You know, at the end of the day, my parents were very anti, they weren't even really anti-church. It was just more of like anti, we want you to do your education first and everything, but they were never like, they never hated the church. And so when I went and did all that stuff, it was like discomfort and obviously um, awkwardness, but I never try and put myself up there with people who get banished and like ostracized. Cause I never had anything like that. So whenever I see people who literally got disowned from their family, which you see happen like that is truly testimony builder because for them to give up all of that, it's, it's humbling. Yeah. I didn't have to give up any of that. I had to give up. Yeah. Like awkward family dinner time. Sure. <laughs> it was definitely uncomfortable. I'm not going to pretend like it was awesome, but at the end of the day, like I have to realize there are people who give up way more, you know, than just, eh, it was like a little awkward there. You see, you see people give up a ton. I was going to ask you about, did you ever feel frustrated or maybe overwhelmed with the gospel? And like, you are now responsible to teach people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like you're supposed to be the expert and people have yeah. questions and they probably have random, like, oh my gosh. Hey, are you familiar with this scripture in yes. the New Testament, this obscure, like, can oh, you help me? That was probably one of the most frustrating things because yeah, people, there are some people who just genuinely have questions and they, they'll ask you stuff here and there, but it, and if they, if you don't have the answer to it, then, you know, it's whatever, but there are some people who, yeah, come out there just to test you because they see that you've got the black name tag on and. That means test me. <laughs> that means test me. And so they try and throw, well, what do you think of this old Testament scripture and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, yeah, you know, and then even my companion who's been a member his whole life is like, yeah, I've got no idea, you know? So those are, those are difficult. But the thing that I always used to just get by it was, and this is, I think a good tool for for just any missionary. It's just, you know, use your personal experiences, right? 
Like I can't tell you, I can't, I'm not, I wasn't ever, and I still am not like the best scriptorian. Like I could never just be like, oh yeah, oh, this scripture and then rattle it off. But what I could tell you was like, oh, well, this is how it's applied in my life, you know, and this is how it's affected me and just be sincere about it. Um, Every investigator is different. Some people, I feel like the investigators that I taught that I connected most with were the ones that I didn't have to be the scriptorian with, you know, and I could just be like, hey, if you want a million tithing scriptures, yeah, I could look some up for you, like in preach my gospel and stuff. But like, really, I could just tell you how it's affected me. And there are some investigators though, that really do want the, the scriptures. And that's why you study. And that's why sometimes you're given the companion who, who does that, you know, cause every companion has their strengths and weaknesses, but, um, that's kind of how I got around it. It was just, I don't know the scriptures in and out. Like I, you know, like that, like how some like people you would do. have had you grown up. Right. Well. Like I didn't have scripture mastery. Like people, you know, had gone to seminary. Maybe some of them had gone to seminary for the last four years or whatever, before their mission and had all the scripture masteries. And I'm like, I don't even know what scripture mastery is. And so even the most obvious ones I'd like, Oh yeah, let me look it up real quick. Cause I'm not sure. But just, you know, being able to at least relate to them and like, well, this is how it's affected my life. You know, this is how I, live that scripture or how I see it. I think people appreciated that because I don't know if everyone necessarily wants or needs to have that. Like, it sounds like you really embodied the people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. mm -hmm. And so if that's like, yeah, like there's no way you could have known all the doctrine. No one does. No one does. But, or like all the stories or whatever, but you knew how to care for people and help them feel that. And then you bore your testimony about God's love and how he, you know, affected yeah. you. And that like, that's hard to argue with. Right. Exactly. You're like, you don't have to know everything to go on a mission. Right. And you kind of read about that and preach my gospel. And I, I mean, the general authority, and this is just kind of a commonly said thing about how, like you just said, you can argue like the scriptures, but you can't argue about how someone, you know, feels about that. And so that was kind of like my go-to. I'm like, Someone, I might be able to be like, oh yeah, there's this scripture, but if they come back and give me like three counter arguments, okay, well, it's hard for me to argue that. But if I just tell them, give them a testimony, like a sincere testimony, it's hard to, to counter something like that, yeah. you know? Um, and that's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about how my bishop told me, you know, if you want to go on a mission, but it's like financial reasons or something like that, like, don't let that stop you. And if I can add to that, it's also don't let like your fear of not knowing enough stop you because I didn't know anything. You know, you look at like, I'm not saying go in there unprepared, obviously be prepared if you can, but you're probably feeling maybe some inadequacy because you're like, Oh, I don't think I know enough, but like that shouldn't be, which the is case. everyone, which Every is everyone. Right. That. Like everyone's kind of got imposter syndrome. They're like, Oh my gosh, look at elder so-and-so he's so smart. Look at president. Like he's so smart. Like there's no way or the APs or, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, maybe they're just, they're, they're prepared to teach maybe someone their strength. Exactly. Yeah. And they're prepared to teach someone maybe that for them, you know, you're, you're, you've been prepared to teach someone that only you're prepared for. Um, you've had experiences that only you can touch that, that, you know, you can touch that certain investigator. And so it's like, if you're ever worried about like, oh, I don't know my scripture mastery good enough. It's like, don't let that stop you because like. I'm not saying I was like the dumbest person in the world, but like, I didn't really know that much. Like I was learning all my scripture stories in the MTC, but really as long as you have the sincerity to go and you, like you said, you know, you can care for people. That's the biggest thing. Like I, 
I don't want to speak for mission presidents, but I can guarantee that almost all of them would rather have someone who could care for the investigator and care for others rather than just the scriptorian who can like, oh, I can convert people just by logic. You know, they'd rather have the people who can teach by the spirit and just feel compassion and love for the people instead of just trying to convert them for a number. Yeah. You know? So wrapping up your mission and this, this is like, this is tough for, at least from my perspective, because I grew up in the church and I knew that I was going to go on a mission at some point, but from the MTC, if you could like look two years forward and be like, this is how I think my mission is going to go versus how it really went. Like, how did, how did, how did it end up versus how you thought it was going to go? It honestly ended up better than I thought it was going to go. Not that I thought it was going to be bad, but just, yeah, it was such an unknown. Like right? you, you knew it was going to be a good experience yes. and it was better than the and good. Honestly, I feel like I didn't realize how great of an experience it was until even like later. Sometimes it's like maybe in part of this is nostalgia. But when looking back on it, you realize just how good of an experience it was and how fun it was. And it was hard for sure. Everyone always says it's like the hardest thing, but the funnest thing. And that's true. I mean, I'll, I'll throw in uh, my testimony to that. Like that's true. It's so hard, but it's so rewarding. Um, but yeah, it's so much better than I thought it was. But part of it also is just, um, really you just grow so much and you change, but not like changes in the person. When you get home, people can't recognize you, but just, you get better. I remember, and this was awesome is like my mom, I remember coming home from the airport and my mom just giving me the biggest hug when I came home because she was so excited for me to be home, you know, no, no anima. And that's just a mother's love, right? I mean, no animosity, like she didn't care that I pretty much just went against her will the last like three or four <laughs> years of my life, but she was okay. The second I came home, the biggest hug and she was so happy that I was home and looking back on it. Although I don't think she would ever say it out loud. I really do think though, that she would think that it was a good experience for me because she could recognize growth in you. She could recognize the growth. When I came back, like to her education was like such a big thing, right? Remember that's what I was saying. She wanted me to get my education first. But I think she saw when I came back, like I was way more motivated. I kind of had a better idea of what I wanted to do. I just was a lot more respectful and, you know, the million qualities that missionaries have when they come home. But I think she could see that. And my father too. Um, And so like, yeah, it was just, it was an amazing experience and it was better than I thought it was going to be just because I thought maybe when I came home, it was going to go back to the awkwardness with my parents, the opposite. Like they're not members of the church today, but they still, but they, I think respect like, me being in the church, they, they see how happy it's made me. They see all the good that's come from it. You know, they have a new, uh, I, we have a new three month old. And so they see like the happiness that like it's brought our family and like just the stability and all the goodness that's coming from that. Um, so I, I would think that they, it was obviously a bumpy couple years with the baptism and then the two years on the mission. But I think looking back overall, everything that happened, they would only say good things. I would hope. Awesome. Well, wrapping up, we kind of have a tradition of, of people sharing their testimony and their mission language. Oh you, mind, you mind sharing a little? I will, I will try. Okay. Living in Arizona, you would think I use my Spanish a lot more than I do. But, but it's, a, it's a different type of Spanish too, It right? is. My, yeah. my, my, my Spanish accent with the lisp. Um, do you, do you, does it come with the lisp? The it does. Andalusia well, kind of thing? Yeah, or? you have the Andalusia type thing. And to me, it just sounds so much more natural. Well, like You can, you can lisp I'll, it. I'll, I'll lisp try it out here. You want. All right. Well, uh, yo sé que la iglesia de Jesucristo es la iglesia verdadera sobre la tierra. Yo sé que José Smith uh, vio el Padre en, en la arboleda y 
uh, el libro de Mormón. No fue escrito por José Smith, sino uh, nuestro Padre Celestial. Yo sé que cuando nosotros um, estamos viviendo la, las reglas y el Evangelio de Jesucristo, que estaremos más, más felicidad en nuestra vida y que la gente alrededor de nosotros también veremos la, um, el cambio uh, bueno que nosotros hemos uh, recibido. Y sé que también nuestro Padre Celestial uh, ama a todos nosotros y Uh, digo todas esas cosas en el nombre de Jesucristo. Amen. Amen. Stephen, thanks again for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me.